like how I have that. Today on Lockdown Red Wings, will Detroit have over 86 and a half points this season? Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J-A-W-W-J News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Lockdown Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Uh, I apologize in advance, guys, if I sound a little stuffy or congested or my voice sounds funny. Coming down with a little bit of a cold uh, that Allison gave me. Um, it's her fault. Blame her. Very rude of her, honestly. It always sounds weird. It's fine. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, sounding, sounding weirder than normal. <laughs> but uh, anyways, we're here today. It's the first day of training camp, Scotty. Congratulations. We are... I'm thinking we're back. <laughs> so, did you see my tweet earlier today? Uh, they they tweeted I'll out. Have you that, muted? I, you are the worst. You're the absolute worst. Um, they tweeted their training camp roster, and I said the ramp up to the season is just a progressive series of we're backs. I said, <laughs> are we back? Is the prospects tournament? We're back training camp. We're so back preseason, and then we're back in parentheses for real regular season. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. I think that's a good breakdown. It's just a progressive. So right now we are in the uh, we're back mode, uh, and then next week when preseason begins, it's gonna be we are so back. Yep. Well, we're definitely. Uh, I'm thinking we're back. Like we're I'm back. Back. Uh, <laughs> So to lead things off with a couple, Eiserman spoke on Tuesday. I know we're late giving us this information. Apologies for that. You probably already heard. Um, nothing really new out of the presser. He kind of was asked the same questions he's always asked, and he gave the same answers he always gives. Um, almost knocked over my glass of water. Who caught it, though? That was um, close. That was close. So I don't put it in front of me. I put it off to the side on the coaster. But the big thing that came out of this presser was he gave us in, uh, injury updates on three key players. Carter Mazur doesn't expect to be ready for the starting start of camp. He's dealing with a leg issue that he obviously suffered during the prospects tournament. Um, don't know the timeline on him yet. If he'll be back at some point during the training camp, but it doesn't sound like it's too serious. Uh, so panic. Don't panic. It's it'll be okay. Uh, and then, Michael Rasmussen off of LTIR. So he is back. He is so back, Scotty. I'm thinking he's back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that Michael Rasmussen is healthy. I was in love with this game last year uh, until his kneecap got shattered into a million different pieces. Um, so I'm happy to see him back. Hopefully he can, I, man, make my year if he can contest for top line minutes. I'm just saying. I'm just We're saying. aware that I'm it put, would. We, put, we know. I'm pulling it out. I'm putting it out there. Uh, okay. But then also... Uh, Simon Edvinson, I think he said is close to, or has been cleared to, for contact. He's on the training camp roster, so he will be there. I don't know in what capacity he'll be participating, but this sounds like, and this is just me speculating, but this sounds like maybe he's a little ahead of schedule because I remember the timeline had him coming back anywhere between like, I guess September would have been the, the optimistic viewpoint. Um, but we leaning on the side of caution leaned November cause it was like a four to six month recovery and six months would have put him in and, middle of November 
as his return time. So sounds like recovery is coming along well. He'll be cleared for contact here anytime soon if he hasn't already. And we'll have Simon Edmondson at training camp, and that's going to be really exciting. Um, that is exciting. Well, especially just, you know, that's uh, when we were talking earlier in the summer. Like, that was a conversation we were like, yeah, like, you should probably go out and, like, bulk up the depth of the blue line because Edmondson might not be ready for, you know, like a few months to start off the year. Like that was a conversation we just had, you know, in May. And so to know that he's going to be ready off rip is, uh, is really nice for not only training camp purposes, but also like if he gets off to a hot start in grand Rapids and they really like where his game's at, you know, he, he could be, he could be up pretty soon depending on how that blue line looks and, uh, and the health of it. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing you brought up to in that press conference is that, you know, they bulked up the roster to give the young guys longer time to develop, but he's not holding the younger guys back. He basically said, if the younger guy looks like he's ready for the NHL level, he's going to play, which is something yeah. we've known about Eisman for a long time. I know there's some concern amongst Red Wings fans about the fact that he signed so many guys to contracts and how it makes it harder for the young guys to play. But I think that that's the right approach to take as a rebuilding team. Cause let's face it. There's still, while we might be making, while we might be making that transition to, um, a contender, we're not there yet. We are still technically in the rebuild, uh, so to speak. So giving those guys time and letting them be ready when they're ready and not rush them to the NHL is the right approach to take. And also not holding them back because your roster's too bricked up is also the right approach to take. So I'm uh, I'm happy to hear that out of Iserman, and that just leads me to believe that if Edvinson is ready and looks like he can compete at the NHL level and earn everyday minutes, he's going to earn those everyday minutes. I agree. Cool. Um, outside of that, man, not much else to uh, be said about Iserman's comments, right? No. Uh, very, very on-brand Iserman presser, I would say. I mean, even what I just said is some things he's said a million times before. Right. So uh, let me look at the notes one more time and just make sure I'm not missing anything uh, kind of inter- uh, important, but... Uh, I really don't think you are. No, I don't think I am either. I mean, he talked about Petrie and that uh, he likes Petrie's game, like that he's a right-handed shot, especially. He says Valeno needs to take a step forward this year, but these are all things we know. Uh, yeah, I think that about covers it. So let's move on to the main topic of today's episode, and obviously we'll give you guys training camp news as it comes up, um, with that officially starting today by the time you guys are listening. So news will finally start rolling out. We'll Ooh. have like line combinations and stuff like that. It'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, we're going to do some betting odds fun for the preseason here, Scotty. Uh, FanDuel.com, one of the Lockdowns sponsors, has a bunch of futures, props, odds for the season coming up. And the first and major one that everybody cares about the most is the Red Wings point total over under for the season. They have the Detroit Red Wings listed at over under 86 and a half points. Scotty. Over or under? Well, I want to start off by not answering your question and saying that I think it is a very good sign that a Red Wings team who has not got 86 points in a while and last year got 80 had a good enough offseason that in the most difficult division in hockey is – I know, you know, the the line is at 90, but like the fact that they went up like relatively, I mean, six and a half points 
improvement, you know, that's a that, that's a solid that's a solid mark. They improved by six points from from two years ago to last year. So I think that it's a good sign that it's you know if if the line was eighty and a half, I'd be like, oh my. Like maybe we, maybe, maybe we're just super biased and like this team is no better. And you know, they're going to get in seventh again and this is a disaster. But the fact that this line is, is like a, a noticeable improvement from last year makes me feel good about it. Uh, obviously I'm going to take the over. Uh, we just had a show yesterday where I said the wings were going to make the playoffs, uh, albeit in the fifth wild card spot. Um, they're not making the playoffs with 86 and a half or 87, well, 86 points rather. They're certainly not making it with 87 either. So I'm going to have them, uh, have them going over and, uh, relatively comfortably over. Yeah. And I mean, I would agree with you. We both picked the over last year. Last year was what? 81 and a half, 82 and a half. I believe so. They hit the under at 80, something along those lines. Uh, this year it's 86 and a half. I'm going to take the over as well for everything that we stated yesterday. This team is so much deeper. Yes, there's still, I think, a question mark in that. But offense-wise, like they got a top-line goal scorer, like pure goal scorer and Alex Dabrinkit. And then their bottom six is full of just really tooly guys. You can substitute them in and out of the lineup as need be to really emphasize certain aspects of the game. Uh, you got guys who can score 20 goals and Daniel Sprong playing Probably third or fourth line. Robbie Fabry's going to probably slide down to the third line. He's capable of having 40 points, 20 goal seasons. If he stays healthy, Michael Rasmussen, um, you know, I think it's going to be like a 45 point guy, assuming he stays healthy. Uh, injury hasn't really been a problem for him. It's just this last year it was, but he was on pace for a really fantastic season until that injury happened. I mean, you guys have guys in your bottom six who can get you nearly half point a game and, or 20 goals. That's incredibly deep. And then defense just, the, the amount of veterans you brought in this defense might not be top upper echelon, but up and down the lineup, it, it is solid. Like you don't have, I think outside of cider, you don't have that top end talent still, but lines one through three, I don't see a glaring weak point and the assum- assumed glaring weak point that they might have in Ben Chirot can be subbed out. And because they have seven legitimate NHL D men now. It's not a situation where, like last year, you had three guys who couldn't earn the sixth spot. So you just rotated seven all season. So I really like where this team's at. I think 80, over, over 86 and a half is nice. But something to be noted of Scotty as well on FanDuel, 80, if they hit the over of 86 and a half, but every other team hit their over as well, Red Wings would still finish sixth in the division. Because with the exception of the Montreal Canadiens, Every other team in the Atlantic division, they have listed it with an over under of 90 points or better. That is insane. I was going to point that out too. Yeah. Ottawa's is, oh, I just had it. Oh, I got you. Ottawa's is 91 and a half. Buffalo's is 92 and a half. Florida's is 98. The Bruins is a hundred and a half. Tampa Bay's is a hundred and a half. And Toronto's is 104 and a half. And then the Habs are 71 and a half. So, yeah, you, you would finish seventh uh, if, if every other team still, you know, just hit or got near the point total. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen. That's that's a weird point distribution. I don't yeah. think it's possible. But uh, you know what that screams to me? That screams but, to me that they have a hard time deciphering who's going to be the real good teams and not in this division. Yeah, well, it's that if, it's if the same conversation we had yesterday of that seven through five in this division is just, 
very, very tough. And then honestly, the one through four is hard to kind of shuffle through as well. So, but yeah, I take the over on that every single day. I think the Red Wings are a much better team and in a much better position than they were last year. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some different odds and player props. Scott, I'm going to let you lead off in segment two. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about AG1. This next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. You got to drink it every day. Try AG1 because it is a foundational nutritional supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more with one simple drinkable habit, science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source superfoods. It is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category and helps you build your health foundation first. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about... Check it out. Check it out. Red Wings player props, odds, futures, all that, and more. Scotty, give us your first one. Yeah, well, I, I think this one's relatively similar to the one we just did. But I think just looking at uh, Eastern Conference odds to make the postseason, I think there's some interesting uh, conversations in here. And obviously, starting with the Red Wings, are plus 200 to uh, to make the postseason. And that is the one, two, three, four, fifth worst odds in the Eastern Conference. So uh, they are below Ottawa, who's plus 112, the Islanders, who are plus 110, and then Buffalo, the Buffalo Sabres, who we both had at finishing seventh in this uh, division, well, in the in this division, but in whatever this is conference. But regardless, they have the Buffalo Sabres at minus money to make the postseason in the Eastern Conference, barely minus one hundred two, but they have them at minus money. The Pittsburgh Penguins are minus two thirty. Wow, heavy, heavy juice to the Penguins making the NHL playoffs this year. Um, clearly think very highly of Carlson. And uh, yeah, the Wings find themselves at plus 200, which in a vacuum is not terrible. But then, you know, fifth worst in, in the Eastern Conference is probably yeah. not where you want to be. So it's um, not terrible. Yeah. But at the same time, like you said, it, it it's the conference. Clearly, they, there's not a lot of a degree of separation between some of these teams. Right. Like the the Red Wings being at plus two hundred, and then Buffalo Sabre, Buffalo Sabres being at what minus? Would you say minus what for the Buffalo Sabres? One hundred two, barely a minus. Yeah, yeah. So like they clearly aren't super confident in some of these teams, and like that makes sense. Some of these teams are wild card teams, but it does be like it does kind of show that our opinion maybe. Isn't the general consensus on the Buffalo Sabres? Sure, yeah. We, we might have finally had a hot take, Scotty. We might have finally had a hot take uh, with the Buffalo Sabres. And I'm okay with that. You know, I, I I fully realized and expected that most publications, most sports books would probably have the Buffalo Sabres having another good year. And they, for all intents and purposes, very, very well could. They're a good they, team, man. They're a yeah, very like, good <laughs> young team. But I think some of what they accomplished last year is an anomaly and not something that they'll be able to replicate, which is why I think they'll fall again. I now all the way down to seventh. I don't know. Cause the Atlantic division is tough, but I don't think that they're going to be, you know, as goal happy as they were last year. And, and I don't think necessarily they'll have as many goals against as they did last year either, but I think they're going to find their level a little bit. 
Agreed. Um, anyways, Scotty, are you, are you taking the, the the plus odds in the Red Wings to make the playoffs? Kind of um, have to, don't you? After what we talked I, about. Yeah, I guess we kind of like if we're I mean, confident that the Wings should make the playoffs, turning down plus money probably isn't. This is not betting advice, by the way. Yeah, but but like, are yeah, we confident? Sure. I don't know if we're like we said that yesterday, right? Like, and and we gave our argument, but we both kind of stated that we we're not 100 percent confident they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, again, <laughs> we've yeah we've beat that horse. Like five through seven are going to be very close. We've said it a million times. Yeah. Did we? <laughs> yeah, a few. <laughs> Uh, my next one is, uh, so the goaltender, a goaltender to get three plus regular shutouts. This is actually kind of three rolled into one. Cause I thought it was just really interesting. Billy Huso has the fourth best odds on the list to get three plus regular season shutouts at minus two sixty. So they are confident. He's going to get three shutties that he's going to get at least three shutties, but as I was looking through these goalie props, I realized that the more shutouts that they were giving, so for the plus four shutouts, Villahuso was farther down the list and was plus 100, so even money. So they expect him to get four. Yeah. And then if you go down to five shutouts, he was like eighth or ninth on the list at plus 250. So what that screams is, well, he was... That's Four. still not bad. That's still not bad. Honestly, I probably would take five shutouts. Just really go. Just like if if, if you're a sucker like me who loves the uh, the plus odds because it pays out more. Five shutouts. I, I could get. I could get by. Well, is five the is five the plus a hundred? Is that the even the push? That's one? the plus two fifty. The oh, push okay. one is the four. Got it. Yeah. I mean, man, that's that's wild. Like that's really not bad. Like that's and and then I guess. It's funny because, like, you know, he he's decently high on all of those like shutout lists, but he is uh, tied for fourth worst odds to win the Vesna. Here, it's like a million way tie. Like, it's not like it's just him and one other person. Like, he's he's you know the the fifteenth person from the bottom because there's so many people that have that are tied for plus twenty thousand. There's so many people that are tied for plus thirteen. <laughs> plus 12, whatever, but yeah, plus 10,000 money for Billy Huso to win the Vesna. I think I'm going to stay away from that one, but uh, interesting to say the least that he's, he's not exactly, you know, like at the very bottom of that uh, again, like he's obviously not going to win the Vesna. We're I'm not comparing it to say he might, I'm just in terms of how Vegas views, you know, all the goalies in the league, seeing him at the bottom half of middle of the pack is interesting. And for the record, Villa Huso had four shutouts last year. Uh, so that's why the plus 100 is on that four shutouts list. Uh, the league leader was Elias Sorkin with six, and there were three goalies in the league that had five. But uh, hey, man, if you got four last year, let's one more. Let's tack one more on and just lose our why money. Not? Let's do it. Um, but so also what I wanted to say is, so he has the fourth best odds at plus uh, at three plus shutouts. The reason why he was fourth best, but much farther down the list on the other ones i would imagine is because guys like Elias sorkin weren't listed because they're they consider them locks not even worth putting the the odds up right. for it's like how yeah it's it's like how uh mcdavid isn't on any of the points ones because it's just yeah. like oh who's gonna bet like mcdavid to get 70 points like yeah. okay here minus 10 million there you go you get five cents for your hundred dollar bet like you know what i mean like it's just not even a point at, at some point Exactly. Uh, Scott, we should probably take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue this conversation. Um, 
But first, I got to talk to you guys today about bird dogs. Wow, that was nice. Thanks, buddy. I just got to find it. it. I should rap? What did yeah. I did I, I don't know, it sounded like a rap intro. Talk to you today about bird dogs. <laughs> oh, well, that wasn't intentional. Uh, but what is intentional <laughs> is how much I love my bird dog uh, and my bird dog's hats cuz I'm wearing it today and that was intentional. I butchered that intro, but I love bird dogs. Um, I tell you guys all the time you need to wear bird dogs. You need to get bird dogs because they are comfortable, they're versatile. You can wear them for any occasion. They have different types of bird dog shorts as well for differing occasions. They have a khaki style short with the, they all have the built-in, you know, underwear too, which is real handy. Uh, they breathe really well. Uh, they got the khaki ones. They got the more gym wear ones where you can wear to the gym or double as a bathing suit. When I was in Cancun, you best knew I was wearing my bird dogs. I packed all three of my pairs. When I was just lounging around on the beach or walking around the resort, I had my khaki pair on. But if it was the day I thought I might want to go into the pool, I wore the more gym shirt, gym shorts ones. And you best bet I wore those into the pool, had a mango tango in my hand, sipping it you under best the snow. Uh, you best, you best do. <laughs> and you know what? I think that it might've given me superpowers, Scotty. The drink or the bird? Dogs? The bird dogs. <laughs> Because I won a football throwing competition wearing my bird dogs in a pool in Cancun. Yeah, no one believes that. But go! Bird I have dogs. the T-shirt to prove it. No one believes you. You bought it. But bird dogs do rock, though. I I can't I can't say this is part of the read. It'd be fall. I might be false advertising, but I think that they may have given me superpowers. So if you want superpowers, but you, and you also want a super com- comfortable short or sweatpant or hat or maybe even just a tumbler because you can get tumblers too. Go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL or enter promo code lockdown NHL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Segment three lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, I really, I, I actually did win that football throwing competition. We bought that for $2 at Salvation Army after the trip and are now passing it off as winning the competition. <laughs> I'm going to have to so, get, I have uh, my next one um, for the rocket. Uh, so leading goal score, Dylan Larkin plus 10,000. Um, but. Oh no, where'd he go? To bring it plus 8,000, um, which seems like a boatload, but like after you get past like McDavid Matthews and dry you're already instantly in the thousands. So, like, it, it kind of falls off quick once you get past those three at the top. Um, and so, yeah, like, obviously, neither of those guys are going to lead the league in goals. Uh, again, I'm not trying to say that. It's just when looking at these, not for, like, bet-placing purposes, but just interesting to see, like, A, both of those guys made the cut. This isn't every NHL player listed on here. Um, you know, this is, like, the top 30 or 40 like odds in their eyes. And the fact that, uh, that Larkin made it at all was kind of surprising to me. Um, but the fact that, uh, we have, we have two representatives in there is, uh, was kind of a nice sight. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't take those bets at all. Like you just absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's just but it, it's, it's just right. like, Oh, look at our guys are listed. That's kind of right. cool. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that, that is a little sobering to be honest when a lot of these, betting odds the red wings aren't being taken seriously not that i think that they should in this in these types of awards 
but it is a little bit of a sobering reminder, you know, how much farther the team does still have to go before they are, you know, at the top of the league. For instance, Norris Trophy. Moritz Sider listed with the 13th best odds with plus 3,100. It's great that he's listed, and it's great that he's listed as the 13th best odds. Like, that shows that they are taking him somewhat seriously as a threat to do so. But 13 is still nowhere near the top, especially when you consider what those odds look like for some of those guys. Cal McCarr, plus 240. Adam Fox, plus 650. Rasmus Dahlin, plus 750. And Miro Heiskin, plus 750. It goes up from there. So, like, 13th best odds is great, but plus 3,100 is not great. Um, yeah, well, yeah. That being I, I mean, again, that's another one where, like, I mean, it gets to 1,100 at Quinn Hughes, and that's he's fifth highest. Like, I don't know, like 3,100 is not terrible. It's certainly like, you know, it, 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 that certainly does not, he's outside of the top 10. Like, obviously they don't think that he's going to be like a serious player there, but 13th is probably the highest of any Red Wing in any one of these awards. That's why I said, it's like, he's the one who's getting taken the most seriously and as he should be out of all these guys. And if I'm being honest with you, Scotty, like, if I'm going to bet on any of these guys, it's going to be more excited to win the Norris because I think he's he's poised to take a huge step forward this year. He figured out his game in the second half of last season, and I think he's going to look great this season. I'm not the, I mean, I wouldn't put a lot of money down on it. I'd put like a couple dollars because I'm a coward, and that's how I bet. Couple, uh, uh, just a couple units here and there. Why not? But, you know, if you win, you look smart, and if you lose, you lose $2, so no biggie. But – I love Moritz Sider's game, and I think he he he's already getting a lot of respect around the league. And I think this year he's going to just really just turn it on and and show people what he's made of as like not just like just a solid two way defenseman. And that's going to be the thing that holds him back. I think in the NHL is the fact that he plays both sides of the ice. Cal McCarr and Adam Fox, Rasmus Dahlin, they get points. They're going to get like seventy five plus points a year, or Moritz Sider might top out at fifty. So maybe that will always hold him back. Uh, but Lidstrom also didn't. Get, I should, ooh, I should really be careful when I use that word. Yeah, that you, name. Should be, you should be. Um, people get like, people just freak out. Yeah, yeah I was going to make a comparison that's not wise. I was going to say, because Lidstrom didn't get his first Norris until after he was 30 because he was overlooked for so many years because yeah. he was a defensive style defenseman. And that's the point I wanted to make is that his style was overlooked for a long time. Um, I mean, plus he was just on an incredibly stacked team, so it was hard to look at him. Um, but, you know, I think Morris Sider, as the years go on, is going to move up this list, especially past Josh Morrissey. And yeah, I hate you so much. Uh, John Carlson, Victor Hedman's getting older, although he's still going to be in the mix. So I, I think Sider's going to climb that list. Anyways, I'm rambling. I'm sorry. No, you're um, good. Uh, so, I mean, one of the only ones I have left is the Calder. Um, yes. Bedard is minus money I think to win hilarious. the Calder. I couldn't tell you the last time I saw a minus Calder winner. Like usually even like the number one picks, you know, like Bedard, I'm sure. And Matthews maybe, but like even usually the number one picks aren't minus. They're like, Oh, you know, they, they might be five or 600 points better than second, but like minus money is crazy. So um, kind of just goes to show you the hype around Bedard. FanDuel also has just like Bedard based props. Like you can just like throw, you know, you can bet on like individual Bedard based things, which is crazy. Um, but how about three different Detroit Red Wings getting odds for the Calder this season? That's kind of exciting. Um, how about Sebastian Cosa having better odds than Marco Casper to win the Calder? Yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense. That's uh, that's Vegas not having their ear to the streets, as we'd say. Uh, that's That's just... 
completely makes zero sense. Uh, Costa with plus 7,000. I I mean, for my money, Sebastian Costa is not going to play a single NHL game this year. So like the fact that he's on this list at all is kind of wild, but um, he's plus 7,000. Marco Casper is plus 8,500. Fourth Um, worst on this list. Yeah, but uh, the, the Red Wing with the highest odds is Simon Edmondson with plus 4,000. Um, and again, while that seems super low, you got to realize that by the third and fourth person, you're already in the 2000s because of how much of a favorite Bedard is. So uh, that's actually one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's like 15. That's like top 15, Simon Edmondson, like top, top 15 uh, odds in the entire league this year, which is kind of mm-hmm. crazy. So um, that, that just, again, like, Obviously, one of those guys is just like objectively not going to play for the Wings this year. So like it's kind of weird, but um, it is kind of cool to see three different Wings in uh, in the Calder conversation. Yeah, and I, it's crazy that Marco Casper's so low. I, and I, w- I was going to say that's probably because they don't expect him to start with the Wings, but at the same time, they have Sebastian Costa higher, and there's no way he starts with the Wings. So I don't. I, I don't where the money goes, man. If the general public's dumb. Vegas can't help it. They're not going to get in their way. <laughs> and like, I would put Casper over a handful of these, these other guys on this list, but maybe that's my bias sneaking out. Um, I don't I mean, know. I'd agree with you, but like, but what's it matter? Yeah. What's the difference between eight, <laughs> 8,500 and 7,500 at the end of the day, you know, like he's lower than Yuri Kulich. I, I don't the Brendan Othman. Matt Coronado, I I would put Casper above those guys, but again, that's just splitting hairs. It's the difference between eighty five hundred and eight thousand uh, between right. all three of those guys, so it doesn't really matter. How uh, about uh, how about the fact that Dylan Larkin and Alex DeBrinket are both minus money to break seventy points? which I like both of them favored to break 70. Uh, and when you go to 80 points to bring it plus 162, Dylan Larkin plus 162, both of them neck and neck, just barely on the outside of being favored to uh, essentially be a point of game player. So that's kind of cool. There's, there's two players for the wings again, that are kind of right on the cusp of, uh, of being a point of game. I like that a lot. And I would honestly take both of those. And, and the big, the big, I'd probably reason, do the Larkin one. I don't know if I'd do the cat one. Yeah. I mean, but plus one sixty two is not bad whatsoever. And I mean, crap, they need it. They need a bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they, I mean, if this team's going to hit the over, they're going to need, uh, they're going to need some of these, these pluses to turn into minuses for sure. Uh, to bring it plus four fifty to have 90 points. <laughs> And Dylan Larkin, wow, Connor Bedard plus six eighty to have a ninety point rookie season. Okay, wait, okay. Uh, how about Larkin and DeBrinket both minus odds to have seventy plus seasons? That's that's nice. That's okay. Yeah, you don't listen to me when I talk, but that's okay. Oh, you you let you <laughs> literally ran... how I started the segment, but you yes. threw a lot at me. So yeah, I... yeah, I did. That's fair. Um, I'm trying to find Larkin on this 90 plus point one, and I can't. But um, regardless, like well, him and Debrinket. Oh, he's literally he's next to Debrinket like this whole time. Debrinket and Larkin plus both plus 450 to have 90 point seasons. So uh, mm-hmm. you're seeing them pretty much neck and neck, right next to each other as far as these like point production ones go, which is kind of cool. Do we dare to go to 100? Uh, Alex Debrinket, Dylan Larkin, both plus 1,000 to have 100 point 100 plus point seasons. 
Nice. Lay it down, guys. Neither neither of them are even on the plus 110 one, but there's only about 15 guys that are. Uh, My advice to any of you guys listening to this is don't take any of my betting advice because if you listen to us all last season, it was just a series of unfortunate events with my bets. Um, So if you hear me say I might take that, do the complete opposite. I agree. Uh, (laughs) Ignore Brian. Um, I do think it's crazy how – and well, I know we got to wrap up here, but it's nuts how – for so the highest point total prop they have on FanDuel is plus one ten. Okay, you bet on players to reach the one ten point total. They got like I said, like twenty guys here. It's not too uh, probably like thirty guys here. Not too long of a list. Only two guys are minus, and they're Drysaitel and McKinnon. McDavid not even on here. Because he's such a heavy favorite to get 110. You know how crazy that is? You know how good you have to be to not even be listed in the highest point total offered? You can't bet on how many points McDavid's going to have this season. There's no, you can't, there's no, there's nothing you can bet on. Like it's, it's guaranteed so high that FanDuel's like, yeah, that's not even worth any of our time. I mean, you saw the Art Ross uh, odds. Yeah, that is also really funny. It's it's not even a list of players uh, that you can't even bet on individual players to win it. It's literally just McDavid or the field. And it's even funnier because McDavid is minus 205 and the field is plus money. Yeah, plus 162 for the field. Like that's how broken Connor McDavid is, is that when it like with every other one of these awards, there's a list of players that like even with Hart Trophy, it's Connor McDavid plus 110 and Austin Matthews plus 1000. But at least that. But at least that lists. At least that lists. At least players. there's other people. The Art Ross is Connor McDavid. Then everybody else. It's crazy. Like that's man. Um, I. That guy is insane. Uh, Rocket Richard's close. That's plus two hundred Connor McDavid. Plus three hundred Austin Matthews. Plus four hundred Leon Drysidle. So that's you know hey, there's something there. And Connor McDavid isn't listed for the Norris Trophy. So you know <laughs> you can't win that one. Okay. <laughs> It'd be really funny if it was just like. Plus 50,000, like Connor McDavid. Oh, here's how about this one for you guys? Jack Adams Award, uh, Derek Lalone, plus 3,000, the 23rd. Nice. So, like, they think he's, but see, that not, this is what that's what interests me too. Because I think that if you're talking about any award that could be very off with the odds, it could be this one because the Jack Adams Award pro- has proven time and time again that it's not about which team is really good and which coach coaches like Rod Brindamore is listed as the, the favorite with plus nine fifty, well along with um Lindy Ruff and Jared Bednar. In- but a team that's consistently good, like for instance, Lindy Ruff last year, with the way that the Devils, especially after they're like fire Lindy and they took off, like that would have made him a fantastic candidate. But if this year they do it again, they're not gonna care. Like because In every sport the coach of the year has just turned into a most improved team award. Yes. That it's, and, and it's in all four sports in America. That's what it is. Like there, there's no like way to measure it or anything in every sport. Like that, that's pretty much what it is at this point. It's just, you know, biggest like, improver from last season award. I think John Cooper has never won a single Jack Adams award, despite the fact that his Tampa Bay lightning team has been one of the best right. teams over the last decade. And that just goes to prove your point. So the best team always finishes second. Their coach always finishes second. And the team that improved the most finishes first. That's and again, literally every sport. That's how it is. Yeah. So pick a team you think could take a huge leap this year, guys, because they're you're gonna get good odds. 
Yeah. Alone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just kidding. Unless uh, DJ Smith's on here at plus 2,500. If you're a sense fan. Uh, I don't know. I don't hate the Lindy. No, the, the devils are good now. Anyways, stop. I did not. You deleted mine. You're a jerk. We got to wrap this up. We're, we've, we're rambling at this point. Guys, training camp starts today. That means we'll have fun content for you guys. We're back. Wait, what's the, where are we at? Is it? No, it, no, it's just, we're back. Yeah. And it's, we're, I hate you so much. <laughs> nope. Sh- I hit the wrong one. <laughs> I hit the wrong one. <laughs> you hit the bald one. All right. Same time, same place. It's your team. We ball. Every day. Yeah.